Good morning, everyone. Hey, if you are visiting us today or you're back from Easter from last week, let me just welcome you. I'm so glad that we can be here together today. I know some of you have Zoom groups meeting after watching this morning to unpack the message, and that's a great idea. Zoom is allowing people to embarrass themselves in ways they couldn't have imagined just a month ago, right? It lets coworkers and classmates look directly into your filthy room and see you in your pajamas that you've been wearing for the past five days straight. I was doing a staff meeting last week and one of our pastors eating cereal under a blanket. Let me just say, it's pretty hard to take someone serious eating Captain Crunch in their PJs. Awkward. I had another Zoom meeting with a dear friend and uh, after a couple minutes, uh, from the time the meeting was supposed to start, um, I didn't notice that they were there. And I just started talking. I was trying to set it up. They weren't there. And finally, I turned to Tisa and I said, I bet we're not even going to do this meeting because they barely know how to use a computer. And then I heard on the other line, hey, I just heard that. Got to watch yourself with Zoom. Maybe you have a funny Zoom story. I would love to hear it. Okay, let's dive into the scripture. We're starting a new series today around the book of Acts. We're calling it Scattered. And that's probably something all of us can relate to right now. I love the book of Acts. Acts is actually the sequel to the Gospel of Luke. Both Luke and Acts, they kind of go together. They're both written by the physician Luke, who was a companion of the Apostle Paul. Now, Acts is this exciting narrative, an action-packed story of the launching of the New Testament church. The church at its inception was essentially a movement, a movement not built around a building or a large gathering, but built around the conviction that Jesus had died, he rose from the dead, and he ascended to heaven as the rightful ruler of our lives. And we as followers of Jesus, we're not to stay gathered together under one roof or even one city, but we are called to go, to scatter into the world, proclaiming this message of the new king and the kingdom. So the church was never meant to be contained. We, rather, we were rather uh, called on to scatter. So we gathered to scatter. So in the weeks to come, we're going to let the Holy Spirit speak to us, speak to us individually and all together. And he wants to remind us how we each are part of his movement and that this movement isn't dependent on a church building. Isn't that great news? We don't have to go to church in order to be the church because we are the church. Please don't misinterpret this. I love the fact that we have a physical place to meet in, but the movement of God is not dependent on it. The book of Acts is the story of God moving through his Holy Spirit to establish his church. And my goal in the book of Acts is to show you the movement of the Holy Spirit as God builds his church. And I wanna show you how it moves and how it grows and how the Holy Spirit works and what God accomplishes and how you and I get to be a part of it. So let's start in Acts chapter one. In the first book, O Theophilus. Now, this is Luke writing to a person, and we don't know a lot about this person other than his name means friend of God. He said, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach 
until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So we're seeing that the story opens 40 days after Easter, 40 days after Jesus Christ resurrected. 40 days, and he proved that he was alive because he appeared to many hundreds of people. And while staying with them, he, Jesus, ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Where did Jesus say that? He said that in Luke 24, right before ascending to heaven. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. Now, verse eight is what the book of Acts is about. It is the mission statement of the book of Acts. This is what the book of Acts is all about. Here we go but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's talk about three things that just kind of pop out of this one verse. We're looking at the power and the purpose and then the plan right there in that text. The Holy Spirit, for some people, makes them pretty nervous. I mean, he's often the neglected part of the Trinity. Francis Chan wrote a book called The Forgotten God. Some people wish the Trinity was like Father, Son, and the Holy Bible. And I can understand that. It feels more like I can control that. I can, I can understand that. Isn't the Holy Spirit just like for wild charismatics? Isn't that where things can get unpredictable and uncontrollable? So let's talk about the Holy Spirit quickly. First thing to be clear on, the Holy Spirit is not an it, not an energy force, not a ghost. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. And the Holy Spirit was present at creation and present throughout history, inspiring every prophet and godly leader. The Holy Spirit led Israel through their wanderings and he was in the temple meeting with Israel. The Holy Spirit filled the man Jesus with power. So the first thing you need to know is that God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you if you're a follower of Jesus. Isn't that great news? Look with me at 1 Corinthians 3.16. It says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? As a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. That's awesome. And if you are not yet a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is wanting to point you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit illuminates God's word so that we can understand it. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin and lead you to change your mind about God. God wants all men to be saved and have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them. Repeatedly throughout the book of Acts, what you see is the gospel is proclaimed 
The Holy Spirit falls, and men, women, boys, and girls are saved. So as a believer in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, dwelling in you, changing you from the inside out. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. He leads you, guides you, convicts you of sin. But that's not all. The Holy Spirit also wants to empower you in a special way. Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus said this, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Clothed with power from on high. I love that phrase. Clothed is comforting to me. A lot of people started buying those weighted blankets. Maybe you've heard of that. Those things are pretty cool. They're heavy, they drape on top of you at night, and you're supposed to be able to get a better night's sleep, reduces anxiety, brings comfort. Love that. Think of God clothing you with the weight of his glory, like a weighted blanket, clothed with power. The word power is the Greek word dunamis, and it's where we get our word dynamite. It's the power and the ability to move the immovable and to do the impossible. And as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, but Jesus also wants the Holy Spirit to come upon you like a weighted blanket. Some of you have experienced this in your prayer life. You begin to feel just the strength of his presence in such a strong way. Maybe your prayers take on extra infusion of faith. Maybe you even pray in a prayer language and you you, you get away from these safe and sanitized prayers and you pray dangerous prayers. Or the Holy Spirit maybe comes upon you during a worship time where you feel God's love in such a real and tangible way. It's so weighty. I love those times of infilling, being engulfed in his presence. The Holy Spirit wants to give you and empower you with gifts and abilities that go far beyond just your natural skill sets or your natural talents. The Bible refers to this as a baptism, an immersion in the Holy Spirit, sometimes called being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, wait in Jerusalem to be clothed with power. He said, John baptized you with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. See, the problem with this experience of filling or baptism, being clothed with the power of God, is that we tend to argue about it more than just experience it. We tend to want to nail it down and say, this is how it's got to happen. Maybe you have to speak in tongues or you have to feel something amazing. And then there's other people, maybe on the other side of the spectrum, depending on what kind of church you grew up in, where it's like, hey, if I can't understand it and I can't control it, then I just don't want any part of it. You know, I just, the spirit lives in me, I'm good to go. And that's true if you want to live a predictable, convenient, safe, or religious life. But there is more. Let me assure you, there is more. And we have been called by a great God to a great mission, and it's going to take great power to accomplish it. Well, there are two things that Jesus said we can do when it comes to this empowerment of the Spirit. He said these two things, wait and receive. Wait for it and receive it. Now, waiting on God is an active verb. It's, it's active. It's not passive. 
You know, when I'm waiting on a bus, that's a passive thing. Passive is waiting in line at Safeway. Active is waiting for Christmas to come. Active is when I'm waiting on a Zoom call as the host and I'm waiting on people to sign in and join me and I'm making sure my shirt is buttoned up and my audio and my video are working and I don't say anything stupid. Active, there's great anticipation and expectancy. Look at active waiting in Acts 1 verse 14. They were all gathered together in one, one place, united, and they were devoted to prayer. And they were asking God for this power. They were expecting God to deliver on his promise. They were expectant, waiting, and it takes time. So they slowed down in their hurried lives and they were waiting on God. Let me just encourage you during this time, when you have possibly more time than normal, less hurry, Let's be like those disciples who waited in the upper room. They together, sometimes uh, driving each other crazy, but they were waiting, praying, repenting, listening, expecting, calling out to God to do more than what they could ever ask, think, or imagine. And the second thing we can do, found in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, is just to receive it. That entails this openness of heart, humility. Humility recognizes I need God's power in my life. Right now, during the crisis, so many people want to help other people. And I just think that's awesome. Asking, how can I help you? But humility requires that we ask for help when we need it too, right? Maybe some of you have an underlying health issue and it's not safe for you to go to the store. And it's important that you humble yourself enough to just ask your neighbor for help. Or possibly you're struggling with fear or anxiety. Are you willing to reach out and say, please pray for me, I'm struggling. So receiving a fresh empowerment, being clothed with God's power, filled with his spirit, isn't just a one-time thing. It's something God wants you to experience over and over again in your life because you're called to a mission and that mission will require his power. Our heart says, bring it on Jesus, bring it on. This power of the Holy Spirit living in you, it happens at conversion and then the Holy Spirit coming upon you, which can happen way more than one time in our life. And we need to be filled over and over with the Holy Spirit's power. So there's a power, there's a purpose and the purpose is clear in the text, that we would be his witnesses. How? How do we do that? By both our day-to-day -day lives and occasionally in these supernatural, spontaneous ways. Sometimes God's power shows up in the practical and then sometimes in the more mystical. The way you love or you care for the needs of others, the way that you serve the poor, or visit the prisoner, the way that you share your faith and proclaim your testimony in these very practical but super impacting ways, God wants to meet you there with his power. But sometimes God's power shows up in more of a surprising or supernatural way, a person being healed or delivered of a demon or a word of knowledge or prophecy to encourage someone. But the purpose is the same, to give hope, to show love, and to point people to Jesus. 
God asks us to do what only we can do, but he wants to do what only he can do. We get out of our comfort zones. We trust him. And yet God meets us in that place and he does more than what you could ever do in your own strength. Jesus died and rose again so that every single person around the globe would know him and love him and receive him. And so God gives his church, that's you and me, power to be witnesses of the love and the grace of God and to give voice to it. This is how we become witnesses under the power of the Holy Spirit. We confess with our lives and with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we begin to do ministry as Jesus did, walking with and working with and loving on the least of these. And we are constantly reminded of the goodness and the mercy of Jesus as our greatest treasure. So there's the power and there's the purpose, being witnesses. And here's the plan. He said, in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, they're going to start right where they lived in Jerusalem. The plan is for the church to get outside the building. The plan is to scatter. The plan is to go. And the plan is to start right where you work or live or play. Go outside our comfort zone and proclaim. So every person, young and old, rich and poor, like you or very different from you, will see the power of God and feel his love and experience God's spirit saving them and transforming them. Let me just close with this simple illustration. It's so tangible. It's not super dramatic, but it's so impacting. I witnessed God filling my introverted wife, Tisa, with his spirit last week seeing the mission of Jesus happen. We've lived in our neighborhood for about 12 years now, and we only know three or four neighbors. Last week, Tisa started praying, and she was asking God what she might be able to do during Holy Week. And so she was talking to a friend, and then the Holy Spirit gave her this idea to make these crosses out of some old shingles and write the word hope on it, and then to hand it out to every one of our neighbors. And so that, this part of it was pretty fun for her, but it really became more challenging and out of her comfort zone when she actually put all of these together and walked around the neighborhood, putting them on each person's doorstep. Well, she wrote a little note to go with it, putting a scripture on it, and she put her phone number on it so that people could call her in case they had any needs or wanted to pray. But game day was going to each home and dropping it off at the front porch. But on Good Friday, she prayed, she asked God to fill her with boldness, and then she went with her arms full of these crosses and placed all 40 of them. She didn't know what to expect. Maybe people would use them as kindling to just start their fires. Maybe people would reject her. She didn't know. And then the phone started to ring. One neighbor called and said that her son was in prison and how coronavirus had showed up there in the prison and she was so worried and she was in tears. And yet she said this cross and the scripture gave her hope in that moment. Another neighbor's husband had died and she texted and she felt so alone. And yet when she got this cross and the word hope on it, it just lifted her spirit. Text after text came in thanking and saying how much it meant. 
And now as we drive through our neighborhood, we see all of these crosses everywhere on people's front doors and planters, hanging up in people's homes. God is doing something fresh in us and in our little neighborhood that is the seeds of something amazing. God on the move, God's power, God's purpose, and God's plan. Now for the weeks ahead, we're going to look at the early church. And some of the ways God moves are huge. They're supernatural. But some of the stories are less dramatic. But they're super impacting. The book of Acts, it's about the Holy Spirit compelling people, sometimes in crazy ways, sometimes through miracles, sometimes through normal people just being bold in their faith, and sometimes through suffering. But God used his church to scatter and spread the gospel of his kingdom. Let me close with this. Nothing has changed. The power given to them is the same power given to you and me. The purpose given to them is given to us. Even the plan is given to them is now given to us. And God is using the right now to get our attention, reminding us of our calling and inviting us into his mission and filling us with his power. God's church doesn't have a mission. God's mission has a church. And though we may feel stuck, God is on the move. And we are being invited to join him in his work. Will you pray with me right now? Father in heaven, thank you for sending the promised Holy Spirit into our lives. Thank you, God, for allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell and live within us as we place our faith and our trust in you. And God, we also want to be those that are waiting expectantly. We want to be those that are humble enough to receive the empowerment, the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives, over our lives, so that we have power to carry out your mission. So fill us today, God. Can you say that? Just directly to the Lord. Fill me today, God. Empower me today, God. Help me to be an effective witness of your grace and of your love and of the cross. And maybe you're here and you've been watching this morning. And it really starts with stepping across the line of faith and inviting Jesus in so that the spirit can live in you every moment of every day. I want to invite you to do that if that's in your heart to do. Just pray with me. God, I mean, I'm inviting you in. God, I'm asking you to forgive me for my sins. I'm asking God that you would help me now to turn towards you. And Lord, I, I'm saying yes to you. Have your way in me. Thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
joining us today. Join us next week at either 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. for our services here at Church Online.